the Fade the Noise podcast with Brad Evans and Nate Lundy. Place your bets. Brad the Big Noise Evans here flying solo today as Nathaniel Lundy already working his liver on this Friday edition of the Fade the Noise podcast. He'll be back with me on the program on Monday. Let's go ahead and dive in immediately. And I told you this before, the team specials at DraftKings are ultra creative. If you want to raise entertainment value over the entirety of the NFL season, you need to sort and sift through what they have to offer. And there is one in particular that stood out to me this morning as I was sorting and sifting. And it pertains to the Hello Kitties of Detroit a team that is likely going to be a punchline in the NFC, much like the Houston Texans. In the AFC, and it's a little two-leg action. DeAndre Swift, over 51 and a half receptions. You pair that with Brashad Perriman, over 740.5 receiving yards, plus 250. And to that, I say, yes, please. Look, I think the Lions are down 20 to nothing already in every NFL game this season. On a serious note, they are projected underdogs in all 17 contests this fall. Now, Swift is going to be working in tandem uh, with Jamal Williams uh, coming over from the Green Bay Packers, but he's a superior talent. More explosiveness, more dynamism in general, and I think he's a better pass catcher as well. Not to say that Williams uh, has stone hands. Uh, that is you know, far from the truth, but I think Swift's got a really good shot at 60, 65, maybe upwards of 70 catches this year within this offensive scheme that is going to be scoreboard chasing early and often. Plus, you got a new alarm quarterback in Jared Goff, who's going to be a check down Charlie quite a bit this year. Meanwhile, with Perriman, you know, I understand he's never eclipsed 700 receiving yards in a season, but I still have fond memories of what he did with Jameis Winston for a fleeting moment uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning people fantasy football titles a couple of years ago. Uh, a guy didn't make a whole lot of noise last year with the Jets, but what is the competition for targets? Yeah, TJ Hawkinson is likely to lead this team in overall looks from golf. And sure, Swift is going to be heavily involved as well, but it's Tyrell Williams, it's uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, I mean, there is not a, a ton of competition there on the outside. I think Perriman's got a really good shot uh, to surpass 750 yards this season. A lot of the prognosticators out there, Mike Clay, Jeff Ratcliffe, among others, do have him in that 750 to 775 range. So again, Swift over 51 and a half catches. Bashad Perriman over 740.5 receiving yards. Slap those two together, plus 250. Available at DraftKings Sportsbook. With that, on this Freaky Friday edition, let's get down and dirty with the Fade Five. Number five. All right. Uh, call your shot is the theme today as I sent it out. A beacon on social media at Noisy Huevos on Twitter. And I said, hey, uh, fine listeners of the Fade the Noise podcast, submit your curiosities. Which player prop are you most interested in hearing a hot take about? And at Matt Olson FF shot me a note and said, uh, give me a little Gus the Bus action of the Baltimore Ravens. And believe it or not, there is a prop available for him right now on DraftKings. And it's on Rush Yards. And I'm taking the over on the 600.5 number 
at minus 120. You look at what Edwards has done his first three years in the league coming out of Rutgers. Uh, his rookie season, 137 carries, 718 yards. Uh, his second season, 133 carries for 711 yards. Last season, 144 carries for 723 yards. Talk about a king of consistency. Gus Edwards certainly donning a crown. Look, the Ravens do want to attack more down the field. Greg Roman has made this publicly known. But, you know, I don't think they're going to deviate too much from the team that ran at 57.8% of the time in 2020. And here's what we know about the Gus bus. He flattens tacklers in the open field. A guy that was number 11 in yards after contact per attempt with a 3.28 mark last season. Sure, he's going to split some opportunities with J.K. Dobbins. Of course, Lamar Jackson's going to be heavily involved on the ground. But as the soothsayers that we usually reference here on the pod have projected, Ratcliffe's got him for 679. Mike Clay of ESPN at 643. Fantasy Football Today, very aggressive. 756 on 154 carries. I think Edwards zooms and powers his way to another 700-plus yards, smashing the over on 600.5. Again, available at DraftKings Sportsbook. Number four. Marching on. Let's go down to Atlanta. And the mercury is certainly rising, at least in some people's view, in terms of Russell Gage and at S. Brady with an extra Y, S-B-R-A-D-Y-Y on Twitter said, yeah, give me a number on Gage now that Julio Jones is out of the mix. And at BetMGM, the receiving yards prop for Russell Gage sits at 700.5. And my lean here is to the under. Yeah, under, believe it or not, at minus 111 last season, 110 targets. Pretty vigorous workload, 72 receptions, 786 yards, and four touchdowns. With Julio in street clothes, he averaged a 48.5 receiving yards per game over a seven-game duration. And if you extrapolate that over a 17-game season, that's 825 receiving yards. So it's pretty easy to get to the over when you think about it mathematically and based on some of the recency bias that's out there. But, you know, you look under the hood and some of the advanced analytics, not very promising for Gage. He was number 88 in contested catch rate last season, number 59 in overall catch percentage, just a 9.1 average depth of target. Sure, he was heavily involved uh, inside the red zone. He actually had the same number of end zone targets as Amari Cooper and Juju Smith-Schuster last year. But Kyle Pitts is going to be a problem. Calvin Ridley is going to be a target's hog. Sure, the Atlanta defense has got uh, you know a mountain to climb to regain any kind of respectability, but I think Gage in the end here, and you know Mike Clay and Jeff Ratcliffe, their projections would agree it's a good number at seven hundred point five. But Clay's kind of projected for six ninety one, Ratcliffe for six hundred eighty nine, and I think he's going to be right there in that vicinity, like six seventy five to six eighty five. Again, the Gage reads under for this jackass. Number three. Moving on. For those of you that listen to the Feed the Noise radio show, Sirius XM, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Channel. Uh, This is my dealer call it uh, because nobody posted this on social media. So I'm taking the reins on this one because we got some pertinent information, which I found fascinating from Stephen Holder, who we interviewed on yesterday's show from The Athletic. He covers the Indianapolis Colts. And let me toss out there, hey, is Jonathan Taylor, in your estimation, a lock for 300-plus touches this year. And Stephen was trepidatious. He was very cautious. 
in his words and what he was throwing out there because you know what? He said it's a mystery still what Frank Reich is going to do with this backfield. He goes, you know, his history suggests there is going to be some form of a committee. Now you look at over the last three seasons of the lead running back has averaged at least 15 rush attempts per game. And I, I think that will be the case for Taylor. But if you assume that automatically he's going to get back to the 20 attempts per game that he averaged over the last seven games, including the playoffs last year in which he rolled out 117 rush yards per contest, you might want to pump the brakes on that notion uh, I don't think he's going to get quite there this season, though he is a very talented guy. Uh, he's going to be operating behind what I feel is a top five run blocking line. Should be improved in terms of downfield aggressiveness with Carson Wentz, which will really open up some holes for Jonathan Taylor. But Marlon Mack has already got some positive reviews coming off the Achilles injury so far in training camp. is going to be involved and Naheem Hines as well, who is the premier pass catcher in this offense will have a sizable role. So at 1,275.5 rush yards, pull this one from FanDuel. I'm taking the under at minus 112, though Taylor had a 2.95 yak per attempt last season. That was quite laudable. That forced a missed tackle right around 17.7% of the time. But again, the projections that are out there, Mike Clay's got him for 1,216. Jeff Ratcliffe, 1,178. Fantasy football today, 1,215. I think it's right around 1,200 yards for Jonathan Taylor. For fantasy purposes, I still feel he is easily a top 10 running back. Probably going to be double-digit scores. But for the sake of this prop and betting, the under 1,275.5 rush yards, I believe, will prevail. Stay tuned for my top picks of the day in Major League Baseball plus bonus time. Number two. All right, let's head to the diamond right now and revenge game, revenge series for A.J. Pollock, uh, formerly employed by the Arizona Diamondbacks, now a member of the L.A. Dodgers, and he's going back to the old stomping grounds there in the Sonoran Desert to take on the Baby Snakes. And I love the over on one and a half total bases, plus 110, pulled this one from DraftKings Sportsbook. Look at what Pollock has done. Here in the month of July, some sizzling, scintillating results. A 1.163 OPS. That's explicit. With seven long balls and a 24 at-bats against the Diamondbacks this season. He's batting 500 with seven extra base hits. He's going to go up against Zach Gallen, who's uh, starting uh, for the D-backs. And Gallen, his last turn of the rotation against the Cubbies, Seven earned runs. That was on July 23rd, ballooning his ERA to 4.80. So, AJ, yeah, Mr. Pollock going to be a fish out of water tonight. I believe he crushes the over. Again, a one and a half total basis at plus odds at DraftKings Sportsbook. Number one. All right, rounding things out here in the Fade Five. Let's go back to a favorite team of mine. In terms of betting the over, that, of course, is the Toronto Blue Jays. And I'm over on five and a half runs against Kansas City. Uh, this game being played at home for the Jays. Minus 130 is the juice. Uh, pulled this one from BetMGM. If you shop around, the juice much higher than that. So this is not, you know, juiced out of this world. Uh, you look at what the Jays have done on their home turf this season. At 837 OPS, and since the All-Star break, 
breaking an 856 OPS, and they're going up against Sal Paul Daniel Lynch. Uh, the youngster was brilliant his last time out for the Royals. Eight innings pitch, zero earned runs, but that was against Detroit. Uh, and yes, Toronto was 0 for 4 in hitting the over on five and a half runs against KC this season. But I think Vlad Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette, and company, the bats, are going to be rapping. I think it's at least a half dozen runs on the board against KC this evening. So, again, at minus 130, I am smashing that over total. All right, before we call this a show, on this express edition of the Faith That Always podcast, bonus time! Let's work in some more bets in Major League Baseball, kind of reviewing what we did last night. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. failed me on the RBI, but the Brewers went over on the four and a half. Uh, and Eric Haas, uh, he did not get the home run, but he did get an RBI. So uh, that one panned out for me. So decent night on the diamond. So hopefully the bonus time uh, will be fruitful for us here on this Friday. Let's go back to the Detroit well. Yeah, let's double down on the Tigers. I'm going to take the over on five and a half runs against the Baltimore Orioles, and that is a plus 120, folks. Available at BetMGM. What does that mean if you're a novice to betting? Well, if you believe uh, the Tigers are going to get over the five-and-a-half runs, you put a $100 bill down, and they do get over five-and-a-half runs, meaning six runs or more, it's $120 of profit into your pocket. Uh, now, the Tigers uh, have only played Baltimore once this season. That was last night. They had six runs in that game, and they're actually applying bat to ball. Early and often here after the All-Star break with an impressive 835 OPS over that stretch. And look who's on the mound for the O's. Ah, yes. Uh, as Sandro, my producer, would say on the SiriusXM show, the harvester of K's, tongue-in-cheek. That's Matt Harvey, man who's been overly generous this season to the opposition. A 6.65 ERA. Eight starts with at least four or more earned runs. Though his last couple of turns in the rotation, 12 innings pitch, he has not allowed an earned run. So maybe he's finding his footing, but highly unlikely uh, as the Tigers. 6.3 runs per game. Their last 14 is what they've averaged. I think it's six, seven, or eight runs humbling Harvey yet again. And last and certainly not least, give me the over. Kevin Gossman, one of the surprise sensations, much like the team he pitches for, the San Francisco Giants, taking the over on the five and a half gays against the Houston Astros, minus 110 on this juice available at BetMGM. Now, Gossman has been over five and a half Ks in 13 of 20 starts this season. Uh, his ERA, uh, it's, it's crept up a little bit here as he has a 4.87 ERA in the month of July. And sure, Houston, number 22 in strikeout rate over the last month uh, isn't the greatest matchup uh, because they don't really swing and miss that often. But Gossman, uh, this number, you know, was consistently like six and a half, seven and a half in prior starts. Based on some of the recency, it's now down to a very valuable five and a half line. And I think that is still achievable despite the unfriendly opponent in the Strohs. So Gossman gets it done by the Bay at home tonight over five and a half Ks. And it is over for me. That is a wrap on this edition of the Fade the Noise podcast. Again, Lundy be back with me on Monday. Follow him on Twitter at Nate Lundy. You can follow me there at Noisy Huevos. Drop us a rating and a review. Would you kindly if you enjoy this podcast? And as always, until next time, feed or follow. That is up to you. Feed the noise.